talking um, a lot about crime today, and we're going to continue with Superintendent Lane Todd from the Canterbury Police. Morning, Lane. Good morning, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Can we just first of all, I've got a couple of things to cover. Um, the report today, for, uh, quoting police sources, saying that the um, limits on police in terms of pursuing offenders is um, causing significant risk to the public in Canterbury. What's your response to that? Um, look, I mean, I guess the, the um, relatively short answer is that we did change our pursuit policy uh, a few years ago, and that was on the back of several IPCA reports and also independent uh, reports that were done. And if we talk about where we are today, particularly with um, young youth drivers, uh, it's, it's quite a dangerous situation, as I'm sure you can appreciate. We've had drivers as young as 9 and 10-year-olds in stolen vehicles, and for police to be actively pursuing those drivers um, adds to the risk. So uh, we try and look at other avenues to be able to stop that, but doing an active pursuit actually puts the risk even higher. So um, it's a lot of stuff that the police officers at the front end have to to navigate through, and it's not an easy decision for them to make. Uh, Lane, can I just get you to turn around a little bit just to see if we get a better signal? Your phone's doing some, some strange things there. About now. Okay, that's all right. Let's press on. Uh, so you say that despite these comments by your officers that they think they should be allowed to pursue vehicles? The perceived policy is pretty clear on it, but what I'm saying is that particularly with youth drivers, um, it is inherently high risk. And so um, the general uh, rule is, is that they won't actively pursue, particularly with youth drivers. Okay. The, the crash that happened on the weekend with the 15-year-old in Linwood uh, at 3.30 on Saturday morning, can you tell me where and when the vehicle was allegedly stolen from? Oh, look, I don't have that exact detail, but... Um, well, you, well, you must know... Well, hold on, Lane, you must know it was reported stolen. So where, where was it reported stolen from and what time? Well, look, I... I guess there's two issues with that. One is um, we've still got an active investigation, so I don't really want to talk about the specifics other than to say it was a stolen vehicle earlier that night. Right. Maybe about 10 o'clock at night? Look, I don't want to exactly confirm, but it was obviously stolen and it was stolen earlier that night. So when I saw a vehicle matching its description going the wrong way down St Asif Street about 10 o'clock on Friday night, that could quite possibly have been that vehicle? Um, it could, could well possibly be. I mean, that's part of the investigation because there were reports of uh, vehicle driving um, dangerously early that night and so that's part of the wider investigation as to what other activities that vehicle may or may not have been involved in. I'll put my hand up. I didn't ring the police when I saw it. I was horrified. I didn't ring the police because I didn't have much hope that there would be a police car on, on, on the scene to um, to do anything about it. Is it possible that, thanks to me and other people that didn't report it, uh, that that vehicle was being driven around town four or five hours before it crashed? That's possible. And, and what I would encourage people to do is to actively ring. So whether that's triple one, um, probably in the situation you were describing, would be a triple one call. Uh, you know, we do have various units working in the city, you know, whether that's our frontline PST, our road policing units, our dog units. So we've always got units around. Um, yes, they'll be prioritising jobs, but... Definitely when there's driving situations like that down the wrong side of the road, should be a triple line call. When you say there were eight ten-year-old kids you know, involved in this activity in, in Christchurch, is this a recent development? 
Um, yes, the funding comes and goes, but certainly in the last few months we've seen a, an uptake of um, youths involved in stealing vehicles and dangerous driving. Uh, so what we're doing at the moment is doing quite a bit of prevention work, but we'll also, it's quite a wider issue, as I'm sure you can appreciate. So we do have to have um, people at the Ministry of Education, uh, some other NGOs, but also working with the wider community. What we also will be encouraging people... It's not just Lane, um, between, Lane just with that. Um, I know that's all happening. It's not, not achieving much because this stuff's happening. Yeah, but to be fair, we're coming out the back of COVID and um, we're re-energising, resetting our uh, staffing that we had tied up with MIQs and other issues over the COVID period. We've also coming on the back of low crime rate over the two years um, that we had COVID lockdowns, as you would expect. So we are doing quite a bit of work at the moment. But as I said, with youth, um, it is quite a large uh, emphasis we need to put. It's not a police-only solution. Um, we have to have other agencies involved. How helpful, um, do you, how, help, how helpful do you think it would be if, if Canterbury had a dedicated police helicopter? Um, look, I mean, it was, we, it was great when we had the 15th of March. We had it down here for quite some time, got some results from that. But ultimately, that's a decision for the police commissioner and the police executive. What do you, um, what do you think? What, what do, no, not a decision, but what do you think? Uh, look, it worked really well when we had it. Um, I understand it was a good evaluation process that came from that, but um, you know, obviously there's a significant cost for that. So, you know, that, as I say, that's a decision really for the commissioner and the executive. I understand at the time you were in favour of a police helicopter, is that right? We certainly enjoyed it when we had it, and we had some really good results when we had it. Absolutely. All right. And just finally, you had a meeting with uh, Christchurch Mayor Phil Major on Friday and also Annabelle Turley from the Central City Business Association about some of the activities and things that are happening uh, in the centre of town. What came from that meeting? Um, so we just had a general catch-up. Obviously, the Mayor's uh, just recently been appointed and elected, so he was quite um, keen just to see what's been happening and potentially what the Council can do to support police and other agencies. Um, so what will come from that is we've got a working group that we'll be establishing and then uh, looking at some of the um, things that we can do. The point I would make is that it's not police only. So definitely there's a lot of um, enthusiasm for us to work collaboratively and that's what we have to do. One of the things I would go back just with, quickly with um, fleet drivers with youth, Toyota Equas and Mazda Demios are the vehicles that are being targeted at the moment. So what we will be encouraging owners of those vehicles is just to take additional um, security precautions. So that's making sure the cars are locked. If you can, have them locked in the garage and obviously don't leave any um, valuables in those vehicles. All right. Thank you very much for your time today. Appreciate it. Okay. All the best. That that is uh, Superintendent Lane Todd. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.